do before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this day? Every day, but if you can't be a dog, then you're weak. You'll be phony like a son. All right, Mutiny Radio listeners, it's 8 o'clock. It's Sunday. It's time for the fourth show of the third day of the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's about kids and families and fucked up birth order and being a middle child of seven or some shit. It's going to be awesome. Put your hands together for your host right now, Gaula Finman. You got no choice, so don't flip that coin. This ain't the military, so your punks can't join. It ain't pop. It's called underground rap from Oakland, California, and the shit sounds fat. I'm spitting raps to my motherfucking homies. Listen to the one and only I used to be broke, but now we all used to be Got no game for a bitch, all the game is for me And these bitches can't say shit to me They never could fuck with short baby I'm not a tongue-twisting rapper with a funny style Don't dress hip-hop and dance real wild But I do sell records like a motherfucker Even though you might think I'm just another sucker I find a beat and then never switch Grab the microphone and then call you a bitch You want rent money? Do, 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 do. I'm glad I didn't have to keep freestyling to that shit, you guys. Um, this is mostly for people on the radio, so give it up for yourselves if you're at home because we have a bunch of... This is a full house right now at Muni Radio is what I'm trying to say. It's packed out. There are people outside trying to get in. Um, we're not going to call the cops, but there's just there's, this is a high-demand show because we're here to talk about um, fucked-up families and who cannot relate to that. I don't know. I can. Fucked-up families. I feel like the word family is a synonym to fucked-up. You know what I mean? Like, okay, can I play a game with you real quick? Actually, yeah. Can I play a game with you real quick? I'm going to say a word, and what, the first thing that comes to mind. Daddy. Issues. Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> just like a societal fucking standard. Just... Why is that, you know? It's like, look, I don't know. The comedians that you see tonight are coming from Seattle. They're coming from Boston. They're coming from Los Angeles. So legitimately, anything uh, can happen. And I don't, I don't know a ton about their backstories. Like, we might hear about emergency rooms. We might hear about, I don't know. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Did you come from a fucked up family? You guys, there's that one person in here whose family is not fucked up. You can interview them after the show. That's so crazy. Normal families. What did they do? Just like shop at Land's End. <laughs> and they're like, just look like the catalog kids. I don't fucking know. Well, yeah. So I, I um, is super excited uh, for, for what's going to happen tonight. Um, how did you all feel about your moms? Like... I feel like this show is going to work best for you if when you were 14, you looked your mom in the eye, if you had one, and were like, fuck you, you stupid bitch, burn in fucking hell and die. <laughs> like, that's sort of the energy that I, I come with tonight, y'all. I love my mom. She worked so fucking hard, yo. Um, so I'm your host tonight. My name is Gaula. Gaula Finman. Uh, it's quite a mouthful of a name. Gaula is actually a Hebrew name. It means redemption. So uh, if you saw me and were like, oh, that girl looks like she fled a messianic Jewish cult, you're smack on the money. <laughs> By messianic, I mean like we had to pray for eagles to come down and take us to the Holy Land. <laughs> and, uh, By Jewish, I mean I literally did not wear pants. I only wore dresses. 
until I was 18 years old, okay? <laughs> like, so, like that kind of Jewish, right? And by cult, I can't even unpack the fucking, per I can't even unpack <laughs> what I mean by cult right now. I don't even know where to start. Like, <laughs> uh, there was like some rabbi that we had to ask all of our questions to, and like we only talked to each other and we had no outside media and we lived under a rock and I have a really strong homeschooled vibe and I don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> and I uh, understand no cultural references. And I'm still unpacking it. So uh, it's a little, a little nugget about my childhood. <laughs> but uh, my name is Gaula, and it's like um, the fifth of seven children. It's part of the cult, you know, just like breed, 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 breed. Also, my parents really wanted a boy. <laughs> and I'm the fifth girl. <laughs> and then the one after me is, uh, is a boy. So this is my family's names, okay? My name is Gaula, but it's Sevilla Leah, Bracha, Hinda Rifka, Edelheim, Mushka, Gaula, and then the boy, Alex, Shira. <laughs> Like, he just has, like, a leg up in life. Like, he could just get to sneak out of the cult and be normal. I have to be like, hi, my name is Alegua what? <laughs> like, that's my life experience. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah. Um, when people hear that I'm, like, the fifth of seven children, one thing they often ask is, like, how'd your parents do it? You know, having seven kids under the age of 35 is quite expensive. Who can afford one right now? Not me. <laughs> uh, they ask, how do they do it? And I'm like, well, my dad was an Orthodox rabbi. Mm-hmm. And my mom was actually a professional clown. So that's how I find, oh, all, also food stamps, because we were fucking poor. That's how we did it. We were broke as fuck. Like, having a mom as a professional clown is like, you, you're getting picked up from school in a, a blue fucking Ford station wagon with wood paneling, and moms come from a gig. It's really hot outside in Michigan on this day. And so her wig, her like orange curly wig is just like sitting next to her in the passenger seat. And she just has white makeup melting off her face with like a white <laughs> wig cap on. And then we're driving on the highway and the car just like clunks out and mom's frazzled and she's like, nobody move, everybody pray. And she's like, looks so, you know, everybody pray. <laughs> And then she's like, there's no cell phone. She's just like, somehow my dad just like manifested in full rabbi regalia and <laughs> packing us all into a four-seater car, all, all nine of us. And we fucking make it and it's fine. I was talking to my mom the other day and she's like, honey, we didn't grow up poor. We weren't poor. We had a lot of expenses. We sent you to private school and we cared about the food you ate and you went to the dentist. We had a lot of expenses. We were not poor. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like, do not poor people also have uh, members of their congregation drop off garbage bags full of clothing on their front porch? Is that a not poor thing? Rich people? Is that, is that that's something you do? <laughs> just like not a catalog, just a garbage bag just sifting through it. And it's like, but we also, we were in a religious community, so we also donated. So it'd be like, we'd get a pile of trash, we'd look through it, then we'd donate our old clothing, and then we'd get a bag on the porch, then we'd unpack it, and then we'd donate. The cycle would continue until I would like find my old clothing again. I'd be like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. It's just in rotation with the community. Sometimes there would just be like name tags in it from people because they went to summer camp, and I just be like, it's mine, but it says Soshi Gruber in it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but growing growing up the way I did, uh, it means like I don't get any cultural references. Like like my parents were very very strict about outside things, but my mom. She did like to read The New Yorker. She couldn't let it go, and she accepted her new way of life. So uh, I got The New Yorker. That's where I got my porn from. <laughs> it's like, you have to really read. 
so advanced reading skills because of the New Yorker. Thanks, Mom. And I, I feel like I resonated most with like NPR, like the low end of FM radio, <laughs> just like avant-garde jazz and you know stories about monks and somewhere in Malaysia being really good at math. I'm like, that's that's what I understand. But like somebody starts talking about like fucking anything else, I'm just like, what? You know. Also, my the one thing that also got through was my, I had a friend growing up, my best friend, and her older brother lived in the basement. He was like a bad kid, and he had a DVD. He had a DVD. He smoked pot. He had a couch. Uh, her, <laughs> his name was Aaron, and he had a DVD collection, and I watched the movie Van Wilder like 13 times. <laughs> like To this day, if I see somebody eating an eclair, I'm like, how do you know there isn't cum in that from a dog? I feel like not enough of you get that reference. You're like, what? I'm like, that's how I feel when you quote any goddamn movie. Just like, what are you talking about? You're like, back to the, back to the future? You're gonna have a back to the future party? I'm like, what is a back to the future? <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, being in this big fucking messy family, I was like, I'm not having kids, mom. Mm-mm. So it's really fucking annoying right now that to, for work, I'm an au pair. I'm a nanny. <laughs> I get paid to love other people's children. So fucking ironic. And it's like when people see me on the street with the kids, they're like, they just left it with you? And I'm like, I'm a great fucking nanny. This point, I'm like a terrible fucking nanny, you know? Just let the kid pee into his own mouth the other day and then took a picture. It's like, it's a one percenter. He's going to be super shitty one day. <laughs> I have blackmail on him. People, the first thing they ask when they see me with this baby there's a lot to unpack in that last tangent. <laughs> There's a baby that likes to drink his own urine. This is a man, anyway. When people see me with the baby, the first thing they say, because he's so little, is like, what does the baby eat, you know? How do they just, mom, just leave this kid with you? And I was like, oh, our Ayurvedic coach has him on a cleanse, you know, just turmeric water. And they're like, oh my God, that's so fucked up. And they like, kind of believe it, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I was just kidding. I'm taking it, I'm just kidding. Like the mom, she, she pumps her breast milk. It's delicious. <laughs> the baby drinks formula, okay? Have any of you guys tried breast milk? <laughs> Regina for sure has tried breast milk. No? Okay, people? The good people of Mutiny Radio? <laughs> Exactly. It's um, if you can get your hands on it, I recommend it because it uh, actually tastes uh, like the smoothest latte you've ever had. And you knew that, like your baby infant self knew that, and then somebody took it away from you before you were ready. You know, and I'm here to remind you that it's delicious. You know, and the mom recently stopped pumping, and I'm starting to panic. And my friend's like, "You can just go to Craigslist, you know, and like find somebody to get your breast milk from Regina, right?" Um, this is an option. And I was like, yeah, but I fucking like buy the groceries for this family. Like I watch your eat organic arugula. Like that's my cow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Raising children is so much easier when you're really affluent and you have somebody else actually do it. Fucking God. Fucking God, you guys. I don't know from the pictures that I got from all of these comedians that are coming up here tonight. I don't, I don't like know what their situations were, but like there's something in each picture. I wish I had a big projector. That's like, yeah, like these people have like some fucking weird shit going on in their childhood. <laughs> so I'm gonna bring up your first comedian, um, who's coming to you. Uh, well, yeah, who's coming to you from Los Angeles? I have to pull out. I have to pull this out for. Your <laughs> uh, we're gonna. Uh, you're coming from Los Angeles, and you are the third of four children. 
and I'm excited to hear what you have to say for us. Give it up real loud right now for Alan Doyle. Thank you guys. Thank you. I am the third of four. Uh, Irish Catholics, so like they fuck till they run out of money, mostly, and they didn't get too far. Um, actually, uh, oops babies, oops babies in the room? No? You're an oops baby? You look like an oops baby. <laughs> he was like, oh, I shouldn't even be here. <laughs> oh my God, no one, are you also an oops baby? A blue baby? What is that? Oh, like you should have died. Like you should have been stillborn and you like beat. Oh, okay. So you're like Jesus or something. All right, cool. Yeah, well, we'll are you sell it. Like, okay, you made it. Like, don't sell yourself to me. I, I actually uh, should have died uh, 28 years ago. Um, didn't kill me. Uh, good for you. All right. Well, uh, that's all we have to say since <laughs> you one up the comedian. Uh, uh, what's your pain like? I almost died. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm planned. I'm not, a, I'm not an oops baby, right? I don't look like you. Um, I look like this. I, you what? See, that's like, like what an oops baby talks like is they're like, I want to make sure that it feels like I'm important. You know, like what, what's going to make it relevant? Uh, I am planned. I'm the third of four. I'm the only planned one. Yeah. The only planned out of four. My brother, Blue baby, I guess. He was breached. They thought my mom was going to die. Um, like, pulled my dad aside, did the whole, like, do we want to save your son or your wife conversation? And he chose my mom, and then they both lived. And I was like, that must be awkward when you say happy birthday to him every year. Like, <laughs> just want to let you know, you are my silver medal. So, <laughs> uh, it's still here. Cool, cool. And my sister, uh, they're technically what you would consider Irish twins. They're 13 months apart from each other. Uh, so it's like my dad almost, like basically like fucked my mom like right as her pussy got like back to being fuckable. Like, he's like, oh, it's not swollen. I'm <laughs> okay. Like had another baby. My sister is five years older than me. So my older siblings, 13 months apart. My mom's sister was trying to have kids, trying to have kids. My mom's like, I'm not having a baby till Diane has a baby. And it took my aunt five years to make my cousin, and he is two months older than me, which I was like, how shitty is that, that you, you could have just had one every year was what you were doing, but she stopped. Uh, I like to think that like my aunt trying so hard to have kids was like finally telling like her parents and like her siblings being like, guys, come on over, we're pregnant. And my mom like grabbed my dad and like shoved his dick inside her and came out, and she was like, we're pregnant too. You'll never get to experience anything without me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I am planned. They did try for me. Uh, so they're, you know, pretty disappointed. But, um, and then my younger brother, my mom went in uh, to get her tubes tied. And the doctor was like, we'll tie your tubes after the baby inside you comes out. <laughs> yeah. So he could have been a blue baby. They just like bow him up in there. And they're like, ah, they just wanted three, you know, but no, they, so um, yeah, my younger brother, Patrick, he's a huge piece of shit. Um, he's good at everything. He's attractive. He's funny. He's smart. He's athletic. Like, I mean, he's way out of my league. I'm not saying I want to fuck him. He's my brother. I'm just saying it's like really upsetting when like I could have been like your prize, you know, and they're like, well, I guess we're going to have this fourth. And I'm like, why is he so good at everything? So it's very hard for me to be loved. Um, I do ask them for it a lot. It's never enough. It's the thing like my dad recently was like Ellen you know I love you and I was like but it's not like enough because because like you also love those other three fucking people who I love dearly don't get me wrong like I love my siblings but um come on <laughs> you always have to pick one and I'm hoping that it's me all the time uh 
Yeah, I uh, as a planned uh, birth, being the only planned one, I do think about uh, the night my parents conceived me. Right? She's like, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I have run out of things to masturbate about. Yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just get creative. It's kind of about me, right? Like, I'm like, oh, like, they're both, like, drawing pictures of me and being like, she's so, I don't know what the fuck they did. My dad came in her. Um, so it's so easy to make a baby. Uh, yes, my parents uh, then got divorced uh, when I was eight. Uh, rocked divorce, by the way. I give them a lot of credit because they sat us all down and they were like, guys, we got good news and bad news. The bad news is we're getting a divorce. Daddy's not going to live here anymore. You know, it's uh, we're not a family. And we were like, oh my God, what the fuck? But like, the good news is we are all going to Disney World first. Okay, <laughs> we're going to Disney. And we were like, this is the best family ever, right? Dream vacation. They're like, yeah, but not for long because we're not a family. After like, as soon as we get back from Orlando, like his shit's out of here. Like I don't... You are getting visitated weekends, yeah. Um, and then there was like a good struggle of them kind of uh, working out there. Like, I date this person, I date that person. I don't like your mom, I don't like your dad. And they like fought all the time. And like, I always had to pick which one I liked better. And it was always my dad. Um, you have to pick one, right? Like if they were going to try to get love, you're like, just go in a direction. So I was always like, I love dad, fuck you. And like, my mom's way nicer to me than my dad. The fucked up thing about this is that my fucked up childhood, it's all my fault. Um, so thank you for having me. Um, this is my fault. And the more you say it out loud, it's like, Ellen, just fucking listen to yourself. Um, yeah. They got divorced when I was eight after Disneyland. What a good time. And then, and then we did the, the nice Irish Catholic, um, you know, let's get on food stamps. Let's, no one knows how to make money. Like, you know, maybe we'll shut off water every couple of days. And I thought that was normal. Like, I became an adult, and I was just like, yeah, I mean, I guess you pay the water bill, and then, like, every, like, two weeks, they, like, shut it off for a month. They're like, no, you just pay it. And I was like, what? How are you going to shower at your neighbor's home if you have water at your home? I have no reason to talk to my neighbors now, you know? I'm trying, I'm trying to be a part of the community. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I was like, I, th I, thought ever I thought you just got bill collectors calling you all the time. Like, it was like, all the time, or like, caller ID, my mom's like, don't answer that, don't answer that, don't answer that. And then, like, as an adult, I was like, if you pay your bills, they don't call you. <laughs> I, why didn't you teach me that? I was just like, God, adulthood's gonna suck. Like, you're just constantly on the horn being like, I don't have money, you know? Now I'm starting to do that. I am a comic. I'm like, don't call me. Uh... Yeah, and then uh, like hillbillies, my mother very much embraced just being white trash. Uh, you know, can't cook, made like tuna noodle casserole. Anyone ever have that? It's noodles and tuna baked. Yeah, how poor are you? Yeah, yes, oh my God, the green bean casserole. That's what my mom brought to Thanksgiving. And I was just like, what are we thankful for? Like being poor? <laughs> this meal is feeding 19 people and it costs 34 cents. Like this is... <laughs> I'm so thankful for this. Like, no, so bad, yeah. Right to the point that when I went to college, actually, on my way there, uh, we were driving, it was like an, like an hour or two from where I grew up, and we're driving down there, and uh, my mom has a shitty car, and I was like, I don't want to word it out. Like, you know, it's like my first time kind of being away from home, even like I want to get the fuck away from all you guys. I was like, but, uh, you know, it's going to be weird kind of like to make friends. And my mom was like, you'll be Ellen? You know, so much love. Ugh, grow up. He's like, Ellen, you are, you're going to make so many friends. You're, you are a wonderful person. You, not because you're my daughter. I love when she does that. Not because you're mine, right? That's such a good mom. You're the most beautiful. Not because you're mine. Like, you're like, 
It's like you've met no one else. Um, you, know, you need to pat yourself on the back. But as I asked her that, and she like reassured me, she was like, no, it's going to be great. And I was like, awesome. And then the transmission went on her car like a mile later. And then as I rolled into uh, freshman orientation with all of my shit that's going into my dorm room on the back of a tow truck <laughs> onto campus, I was like, hey, remember when I said it's going to be hard to make friends? This is not fucking helping, okay? Rolling in like the Beverly Hillbillies, like, I want an education. All my stuff's on the back in that Chevy. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Just take me home. Like, I don't want to learn anymore. Not to mention that I went to college for choreography. Yes. Not, oh, wow, oh, wow, you wasted $120,000 just to be like, you can't fucking do that, oops, baby. You couldn't even try. There's so, don't, don't challenge me. I will twerk in your fucking face. I will twerk in your fucking face. Ugh, fucking white girl twerk, yeah. Don't think I didn't learn that too, goddammit. So sad. My mom taught me a lot of things incorrectly. Um, she, uh, twerking. My mom didn't teach me to twerk, just to thrust forward. Um, my dad was supposed to be doing the back hip. My mom was doing, yeah, it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, why did you get divorced? Now it doesn't work correct. What am I talking about? Um, no, like my mom used to like try to get me to eat things. So she used, she called baked beans, cowboy beans. You want some cowboy beans, Ellen? You want more cowboy beans? And I was like, these are, these are delicious. And they're so delicious that when you're 19 years old at college trying to make friends and you're like, yeah, guys, I got some uh, spaghetti and meatballs and there's a salad bar. Looks like they have cowboy beans. And then you sit alone for the entire semester. Like, who's that retarded girl coming to college being like, these beans are from the West. Cowboys ate them. They come out of a can. You cook them over an open fire. Like, I was just like, thank you, mom for never giving me the proper words. Like she was one of those mothers that like so much love that like she just spoke gibberish to me that by the time I became an adult, like I was like, oh, they're called pajamas, not jammy jupe joppers. Why am I saying these words? Which mind you is a huge scrabble, uh, you know, point right there if you can get jammy jupe joppers, but uh, not in the dictionary, surprisingly, surprisingly. Uh, I did also, like, my parents got divorced when I was eight. I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real when I was 10. Yeah, right? What a dum-dum. Here's how I found out about this, right? You're like, or you're just, you just love magic, and you just you like being festive, you know? I mean, like, you know, maybe it's, maybe he's, maybe he's there now in your heart. It's, it's your mom and dad. Um, I found out when I was 10, and this is how I found out. I was doing uh, my homework on my mom's bed, and my pencil rolled under the bed, and underneath it, I saw Native American Barbie, and I was like, whoa, that's coming to me, right? My sister's 15, I'm 10, I'm like, that is, you know, it was the 90s, like they were progressive, and it was probably cheaper. Um, but so I was like, that's coming to me on Christmas, that's gonna be exciting, and on Christmas Day, I got Native American Barbie from some gentleman named Santa Claus, and I lost my goddamn shit. And I was like, what the, you, you've been lying to me, you've been lying to me this whole time, and I remember I pulled my mother in the other room, and I was like, you've been lying to me this whole time, and you're ruining my Christmas, and I swear, I was like, I'm gonna tell Patrick, my younger brother, two years younger than me, I'm like, I'm gonna tell him. She's like, Ellen, Patrick's known for years. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm sorry. So you guys got divorced when I was eight. 
he knew then and you couldn't just ruin my entire life being like we're not a family love isn't real fuck yourself hey ellen santa claus isn't like get on board with the rest. but you were just like just because i was being like what's gonna happen if dad lives somewhere else where's santa gonna find us and like all three of my siblings including my younger one were like what is wrong with her but my parents were like no he'll find you at whatever house you're at <sighs> how do we tell her and that's how they told me, like like a bunch of dick bags. Um, I actually, I'll, uh, I'll, I, I've lost my father's affection. Like I said, he's my favorite. Um, you know, he's just he's an he's an Irish man. Like he does not talk or emote or you know move. He's kind of just stationary. Um, and that's my kind of man. It's just some guy who like doesn't know that I'm there, and I'm like, that's what I want. And then if someone's like, hey, you want to fuck? I'm like, no. You know, I'm just like the one that has no idea I'm alive. <laughs> that's the one I want. That's how my dad loves me. So that's why I'm like ragingly single. Um, but I know the moment I lost my chances at my father's affection. Um, it was actually a couple years ago. I blew it. I was telling him a story where I needed validation. Right? I'm a comic. <laughs> Yeah, we, we need it. Um, but I, I, uh, I went in for a fist bump, which is a move an asshole does, like to your dad. Like I was like, you, right? How cool is that, dad? But what I said was, come on, dad, fist me. <laughs> I love you so much. I'm so, so sorry that I am not your favorite child or daughter or person. Oh my gosh. Guys, thanks for laughing at sadness. I'm Ellen Doyle. To this day, they think I'm selling Oh, yeah, give it up for Ellen real loud. Wow, your childhood is so exotic. What the hell is a Barbie doll? <laughs> we were not allowed those because of those perfect boobs. I thought boobs growing up were just like, what seven breastfed children? Like my mom's boobs came down to here, the nipples were like this long, and I was like, that's a breast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she had a beautiful body. I didn't know what a Barbie was until I was like 20. Uh, anyway, y'all, that was hilarious. Okay, your next comedian is an only child, which, phew, you didn't have to share a toy. What the fuck? I'm so interested. What? I always shared a room with three kids, so I'm like super excited to hear about um, this. Is anyone in here an only child? Whoa! I'm fascinated. Okay, your next comedian. <laughs> My mom used to say I was like, like an only child when I used to beg her to tell me who she loved the most. Yeah, I spend like two minutes with the only child a month. I don't know. Um, your next comedian is coming at you from Seattle, which is awesome. Um, and she will be at Mutiny Radio uh, on Tuesday for a show. So let's make it real loud for Bernice Yee. Hello. So I am the only child. I'm my parents' favorite child. Am I qualified to be fucked up? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am made in China, so naturally I am defective. <laughs> um, but truth to be told, you know, like I, I am defective, I deserve this. Um, I don't know how to use chopsticks. <laughs> I'm glad you laughed. You guys are the first people laughed because like <laughs> people are too PC these days. Um, <laughs> But, you know, there's a reason for that. Unlike most of you people who can learn with your adult hands and have options like forks, chopsticks is all I got as a baby. My hands were small and those sticks were too long. Have you ever tried? It's like holding this. It's really, really hard. 
So the first time I saw a fork was the movie Back to Future. <laughs> I know. I, a kid in China knows Back to Future? No, you don't know. I feel proud. <laughs> uh, I point at the TV. Mom, I want that. What? Dark brown time machine? Uh-uh. Eating rice with a fork. That is the future. <laughs> so there's always me, a white boyfriend in a Chinese restaurant where I bring my own fork. <laughs> and the white boy is teaching me how to use chopsticks. A Chinese waitress walked by, gave me the dirtiest look. <laughs> what the heck? She embarrassment. <sighs> she must be Korean. <laughs> Um, um, my mom and dad uh, were in an arranged marriage. Um, they do not like each other at all. <laughs> um, but I have one very fond memory of them coming together. So one time when I was very young, they came back uh, from a business trip and they just couldn't stop talking about this hot pot they had in a restaurant. And it's like, oh my God, it tastes so good. We need to go back. I've never seen my parents come together like this, right? So I was like, oh my God, maybe I can have a regular family like the rest people. Um, but then turned out the restaurant put opium in the soup. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever been to China, you know, back then there's no law, you know, so. I don't know, maybe, maybe opium is not all that bad. It could have saved the child. <laughs> um, but that also means I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. On my 10th birthday, I got a present from grandma, my pet bunny. It was a surprise. Chef's choice. Yes, I said it. My grandma cooked my pet bunny as my 10-year-old birthday present. If you think that's fucked up. <laughs> On my birthday, back from school to grandma's house. Happy birthday, my dear. I cooked something very special for you. What is it, grandma? It's a surprise. Eat first. I ate it. It's delicious. Thank you, grandma. What is it? We have to eat Mr. Butters. <laughs> He's sick. I cried over this for 20 years. <laughs> I guilt trip grandma for whatever I want to eat since then. <laughs> but one day, I look around and realize, that's why we don't have veterinarians in China. <laughs> when your pet gets sick, just eat them. Take them to the nearest restaurant, chef's choice. How do you think we fit that one billion people? <laughs> I know you don't approve this. <laughs> but look, here in America, when your, when your pets get old and sick, you will spend tens and thousands of dollars to hire someone to murder them. If anything, I am way more spiritually bonded with my bunny forever. Uh, when I was a kid and not at grandma's house, my parents cooked together. One time, dad didn't chop the carrots, but his finger. 
My mom was mad. Uh, I assigned you a simple task. <laughs> You're not allowed in the kitchen anymore. My dad was a genius. <laughs> yes, he had to sacrifice a finger, <laughs> but he never needed to step in the kitchen ever again. <laughs> This really made me the person who I am today. <laughs> If I need to play dumb to get what I want, so be it. <laughs> When I first came to the U.S., I lived in Indiana. I know. <laughs> Indiana is this place Asians only go if you're adopted. <laughs> Almost every day, there's someone knocking on my door trying to get me to go to church. I'm lucky that I'm Chinese. Ah, 你这个很笨的美国佬，以为我不会讲英文。They turn around as fast as they could. <laughs> But now that I live in Seattle, man, it's a different game. This church is teaching white people Chinese, so they could call me on my bullshit. <sighs> well, luckily, Chinese is very difficult. I enjoy watching them spending ten minutes just to finish a sentence. Then I wait, give a moment, and then I say, "Actually, I'm Korean." <laughs> um, I recently became a U.S. citizen. <laughs> thank you, thank you.、Um, the very last step to become a citizen is to pass a naturalization test. Well, I'm Chinese and I don't feel test. <laughs> so just one day before my test, I began to study. What? I have to name the writers of Federalist Papers. Do you even know? Anyone to try? Yeah, you all should be Canadians. <laughs> The point is, I realized I was fucked. <laughs> I'm going to be the first Chinese person that failed a test in history. <sighs> so I studied all night, memorizing all these useless questions. Rushed to my interview. Here's my officer. Hello, Miss E. I'm going to ask you some questions. Can you name the writers of Federalist Papers? Yes, James Madison. Alexander Hamilton, John Jay. Woo. Woo! Yeah, I know some of you are like, who are these people? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's you. So it's that's not Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I just taught you American history. You're welcome. <laughs> Next question: Did you receive any military training? I mean, look at me. I did. Yeah, military training was mandatory for school, so I learned the basic combat, operating machine guns. I'm basically a trained killer. But if he knew, he's gonna think I'm a Chinese spy. He's gonna think China is sending billions of tiny women to infiltrate the U.S. government. <laughs> so I lied to get into a country. But don't judge me. I might have lied. But that's only because I fucking love this country. <laughs> I might have loved it more than any of you do. People ask me, things are so bad now. Why do you want to be American? Freedom. When you don't conform in China, 
four years old, I was punished to stand barefoot in blazing sun for hours because I couldn't fall asleep during a school nap. I watched a movie with a boy when I was 16, and I have to apologize in public a thousand times. Freedom to make my own mistake is all I ever wanted. I'm 36, single, I don't want kids, and I love it. I came to this country, I didn't speak English. I'm doing stand-up fucking comedy, and that's the American dream. All this emotion came to a climax as I opened a bottle of champagne in the parking lot. <laughs> I broke into tears, my hands shaking. It's so hard to be a spy. <laughs> Thank you, my name is Bernice Ye. Damn, Bernice, you can be fucked up and be your only child. Hot damn. I have so many questions about eating bunnies. Let's, like, was it, like, delicious? Like, was it good? Do you eat bunnies now? Uh, this is, I'm sorry. I kind of feel like an, uh, like, like an immigrant, too, because of the way I grew up. Like, I don't get anything, like, Whatever. I feel like people think I'm from another country. That's what I'm trying to say. They're always like, where are you from? And I'm like, Michigan. And they're like, why are you fronting then? And I'm like, I'm not trying, you know? <laughs> and also, if I, I know I, like my way to prove that I grew up in this country was American Girl Dolls. Like, who here was obsessed with those? Samantha. Samantha. I liked Felicity. I didn't even know that you could buy one. I would, the toy for me was the catalog, you know? <laughs> As kids, we would fight over the fucking catalog. That was, that was it. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, <laughs> um, we're happy you're here, Bernice. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> I'm going to bring up your next comedian, your last and final comedian. Um, comes at you from all the way from Boston. She, um... She's saying, like, she's gonna have to prove to me that her family's fucked up, you know? Because she sent me some pictures and everyone was matching, you know, like, some Land's End vibes, but you will be surprised, you know? Um, anyway, let's make it real loud for Kathleen. Hey, guys. Um, I know the show is about family, but I just have to, like, get something out of the way first. I'm having a rough week. Like, I downloaded that app that tells you what celebrity you look like. And uh, I got Ted Cruz. <laughs> Seven times. Um, I thought I had resting bitch face, and now I'm just, like, contemplating if I have, like, perfectly sculpted Republican cheekbones. You know, that, like, scream, make America great again. Uh, so my name is, is Kathleen, so you would assume that I can go by the nickname Kathy, uh, but my parents were very strict so that I was not allowed to go by the nickname Kathy as a kid. Um, I lost friends because of this. Like, I was separated in a Girl Scout troop because of this. Uh, but I'll tell you what, one time I sat on a chocolate chip, and my parents nicknamed me um, Fecal Fanny. <laughs> Crappy Cracky <laughs> and uh, Rear Schmear. <laughs> it's just so much fun, like 
going grocery shopping with your parents and just hearing someone scream down the aisle, hey, rumpus dumpus, can you get the ice cream? It's really great. Um, I live in Boston now, and my parents like to visit me a lot, which is mostly good. But my dad, he likes to do this weird thing where he likes to come into the city for the day, and he likes to borrow my dog and take her into downtown Boston and pretend that he's blind. And pretend that my dog is just his seeing eye dog, um, which just entails him bumping into shit for like multiple hours until he gets escorted home. Um, and the problem with this is, is that like, I don't have a dog that can pull this off. Like I don't have a German shepherd or a golden retriever. I have a miniature dachshund (laughs) and she only has one eye. Like it is not feasible at all. Uh, my parents are both supportive of comedy, but in like weird ways. Like my mom, she likes to watch me do comedy and then she likes to give me, um, a grade. Let's take that in. Let's examine that. Um, according to her, I have a B plus average right now because there's always room for improvement. (laughs) That's what she says. Uh, My dad, on the other hand, he likes to do weird shit and then just tell me about it for one of my skits. (laughs) So they were traveling in Texas recently and he found a purse on the side of the highway and he um, went into that purse and he found this woman's ID and he couldn't get a hold of her on the phone so he just went to her address on her ID. Um, and then when he knocked on the door and like looked through the windows and realized nobody was home, he just broke into her house (laughs) to return the purse. Um, just a casual dad being a, just a felony on a Tuesday. Uh, and then he immediately called me up and he was like, Kathleen, I have something for one of your skits. And I was like, Dad, felony is a B-plus at best. There is room for improvement there. Uh, my dad, though, like, it's been, it's, it's a little weird. Because when I was, um, when I was growing up, my dad liked to have our family impersonate another family. Okay, let's, I'm going to unpack this for you because it's very weird. When I went to freshman orientation with my brother, we all went. I don't think that's normal. I don't think everybody goes to freshman orientation for the whole family. Um, We went and my dad had like a weird question. And so he stood up and he introduced himself as Ryan Ryan Bingman, which is not his name. Um, That was our neighbor's name. Okay, that was like the people that we grew up on swim team with. Like that was not his name. And then he just like introed the whole family. Um, my mom, Kathy Bingman. Let's put a pin in this. My mom in like some weird espionage world can go by Kathy. <laughs> but uh, not me, not me. It was too trashy for me. Uh, then my brother, Jim Bingman, and me, Elena Bingman. And my dad decided that he just wanted to use these names everywhere we went moving forward after that um so he started out small like it used to be like to go orders he would order under the last name bingman uh or like we'd go to national parks we'd meet people we would use the last name bingman um and then i caught him one day just 
filling out an application for a loan on a car? (laughs) With the last name Bingman. It was great. Um, But I think like the weirdest thing we did as the Bingmans is we used to send out Christmas cards as the Bingmans to people we met on our travels. Um... But the weirdest part about this is we always sent a card to the Bingmans from themselves, um, like a newsletter style Christmas card, not like a photo. It was just like a a Christmas card where everybody checked in. (laughs) Like my brother was in Doctors Without Borders, apparently. That's a stretch for him, but (laughs) he tried. Um, But we always did that so they knew what they were up to. (laughs) That is just a thing. Uh, what else can I tell you about my family? Uh, my brother just got married recently. He is a married man. I guess that's a good thing. Uh, my parents paid for the wedding, which is considered like non-traditional for the groom's family to pay. So my uh, family pulled me aside before the wedding to let me know that everything would be even in the end. Um, she knows where this is going. <laughs> That, uh, that when they die and I get more money in the will, I should just tell my brother he shouldn't have had such an extravagant wedding. And that makes me think two things, right? First off, that means that my parents agreed with me. They're like, the doves and riding in on a horse, Patrick did too much. <laughs> the cannoli display was over the top. But then when I thought about it, what they were really saying is like, we think Kathleen's going to be single for the rest of the, her life. <laughs> and she's going to have to explain an extra $50,000 when we die. <laughs> uh, and I'm okay with that. I'd rather take the lump sum at the end anyway. <laughs> I can have a fake husband. Just kidding. Okay. Um, I'm close with my extended family, too. Like, I went and visited my grandfather recently. He's a very sweet man. He's a 92-year-old World War II vet. Yeah, we took him out to lunch at one of his favorite restaurants. And at that restaurant, there was a woman that had a shirt on that said Guess. I think we know Guess is a women's clothing brand, yeah. Uh, my grandfather thought that it was just like appropriate to like hobble up to that woman, you know, like look her dead in the eye and just say 34C. <laughs> and then after the shock set in, she looks back at him and was like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> and then he looked back at her and was like, I know I have five daughters. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My grandfather has since passed away. He um, was a very cheap man, though. He was a 92-year... Okay, I said he was a World War II vet, so he got a free burial plot. And and his wife had passed away a couple years before him, and she was cremated. And I didn't know why for the longest time. And then it turned out that that he had her ashes buried in his casket... And everybody at the funeral thought that it was like the sweetest thing in the world. They're like, that's what eternal love looks like. They're going to be together forever. And I was like, pump the brakes. That's his best buy one, get one free deal. (laughs) Like he was working on the one for 92 years. He had to shoot himself in his own leg to get that deal, guys. That's just the truth. He did that. All right, I think that's it for me. Thank you so much.
Give it up for Kathleen. Kathleen, can your family adopt me? They seem like a joy and a pleasure, as all of you have been. Um, this is the end of this segment of Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. There's so much more. Give it up for yourselves. Give it up for all the comedians you've seen tonight. And give it up, make a real out for Pam in the booth, who's put all this shit together. If you do not know, Mutiny Radio is a nonprofit. You can listen to anything, um, all of the shows and all the amazing radio programs online um, streaming. Anytime, and you can always donate when you do that. So make sure you tune in to Mutiny Radio SF. Um, I think that's it. Is there anything else I need to say before I let you guys go? There is another show right after this. Feel free to buy tickets. I don't think it's sold out yet. Okay, great. So you can sing around. Okay, thank you so much. I've been Gaula. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is Darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby.
SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Yeah. Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. All on my limited view. Yes. Every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. And Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God. There's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. 
And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Asiento. <laughs> Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long. With your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento.
for a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counteroffer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counteroffer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. So I'm just going to start talking about what I like. I love cats. I love every kind of cat. I just want to hug all of them, but I can't get out Anyway, I am a cat lover and I love to run. I'm sorry I'm thinking about cats again. I really love cats. I'm thinking about cats again and again and again and again and again. I think about how many don't have a home and how I should have them. I think about how cute they are and how they're I love every kind of cat. Do you guys know this song? I love cats. I love every... The, the lady who was like, I love every kind of cat. I just want to hug them all. I get misty watching it. I love cats. Uh, I'm your host for the last show of the third day of the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. The fifth show of the third day of the fourth annual. It's a lot of numbers. Yay. And this is the... Um, Pets, pets, pets. Pets are cool. I love pets. Fur babies are better than real babies. And we are so dog friendly. There's a dog inside. Yay! Dogs are so cute. And there's so many. I, I had a 10 year old furiously debate me the other day saying that dogs are more difficult than children. And I was like, are we really debating this right now on the bus? And she tried to convince me that indeed, because because you have to take them out all the time. I'm like, you have to take children out too. Like, what kind of, how were you raised? Lock the kid in a closet. My cat right now is sadly locked in the closet. Uh, I have a scaredy cat. I haven't chopped his balls off yet because I just, I love nature and God. I don't understand why, like, why do we, why do we chop our cat's nuts off? I, they're so cute. His nuts, they're like little, two like little pussy willows. And I like to squeeze him. I like to give him a little, not squeeze, not squeeze. But I just like to pin, just like a little, just a little, like a love, like a love, like a love squash, like a swoop, whoop, like they're so cute. I don't understand why we gotta, I don't wanna chop his nuts off. I want him to be able to be the cat that the Lord, Lord God intended. I want him to be all cat. And I, I don't wanna chop his balls off. Uh, but I also don't know what to do. Like if he's a male cat, and I don't want him to be frustrated. So do I have to take two tiny Q-tips and some Vaseline and like jack off my cat? I don't think, does anybody else think about jacking off their cat? No, I really, I want my cat to be happy. Like I love my cat so much. The happiness of my cat is so important. Yeah, I have to masturbate. I might have to masturbate my cat. He's getting his balls chopped off at the end of next month. I'm bummed about it. Uh, he is a kitten, and when he was very tiny, uh, his she. Do you know that kittens are born with teeth? They're born with teeth, which leads me to the thought: 
what are cat nipples made of? Like Kevlar? Like you have eight tiny kittens in the teeth and the nipple teeth. Like the pussy is the strongest, the the cat is, this mommy cat is the strongest force in the universe. Amazing. Tiny, tiny teeth. I love, I love cats so much. I miss, I miss my old cat. Uh, I used to masturbate with my cat. Like we'd do it together at the same time. Uh, He'd come up next to me and he'd start like, Mm, you know, and I'd flip him over, and his little kitty crayon would be out, and it'd be all like, "Whoa, that's a big kitty crayon! Whoa, what's going?" And then a little bead of wetness would come out to the end of his little kitty dick, and then it would, you know, pop to the bedspread. Do you guys know what cat cum smells like? <laughs> nothing. It doesn't smell like anything. Don't worry about it. It's nothing. It's cat cum smells. It's not cat cum. I do, I love, my cat, my old cat, but the new cat try to, kind of tries to get involved. Like he's like, well, there's scrote hanging, this is fun bags, woo, like he's more on that side. My other old cat, Spike, like he was really, really into like me, um, and I would put my knees up, you know, underneath the covers, and he would go under the covers, and I'd make him a little kitty tent, and, um, and he'd, he'd rest his head, you know, right on my like um, huge, mound of pubic hair and I'd lift up and I'd see my pussy on my pussy. Nothing has ever felt so right. Like absolutely right. It's magic. I I miss my dead cat. He was a magical, magical being. He was so great. Uh, I was, I know that my cat loved me so much because I was getting finger banged by my boyfriend and uh, the cat didn't just sniff his fingers. He licked them meaning that my cat really, really loves me, or women really do taste like tuna. Yeah. Either way, these aged purple lips are a fine sashimi. It's ahi, not albacore. None of that white shit. It is dark and purpled with age. It is. I have been masturbating for a long time, 44 years. Uh, I have have so much um, pubic hair. It's like I'm wearing a hair skirt. Like I'm not, I can actually take off my pants and be like, oh, it doesn't matter, I can't see anything. I thought a spider uh, ran across my pussy the other day, but no, that was just leg hair. That's just, it's crawling all the way down. It's just really, it's like the hair of a 12-year-old boy or a small puppy. That's what my, I, I mean, I really, I, I do love cats. Dogs are fine, dogs are nice, but you know, I like an animal that shits in a box. In fact, they're so easy. Cats are so easy. You just, they've got the potty right there. And litter is so amazing. And I wanted to see like how much urine is really in my bladder, right? So I peed in the cat box. Don't do that. It's a really big waste of cat litter. Like there's, you pee more than you think you pee. Like don't, don't waste the cat. Cat litter is expensive. That was dumb. That was, that was just a waste. That's just throwing money away. Put the cat piss in the box. No, there really is. My bladder's bigger than I think it is. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. Hi. I, you got Tyra always says know where the cameras are. Uh. I do. I love. I love my cat so much. I don't think that my new cat. I, that's what I learned like recently. My old cat died, and, and like I was like, my life is falling apart. I can't do it. And then people said, well, it'll stop hurting when you get a new cat and you like that cat more. It's not happening. I mean, I've just missed my cat like a child. Like, like I've, 
I don't, that's one of the reasons I could never actually like have a baby is like, I would be devastated. Like God, the cat, I'm still devastated. I cry about the cat all the time. I know it's not funny. We actually like cry about the cat. We'll bring it up and be like, Oh, Spike. <laughs> he was such a good cat. Like cats have, cats are magical beings. Um, I get it. Like why the Chinese bow to them constantly with one hand, like bow to your alien overlords, your weirdos. Come on. Like respect the cat forever. Meow. It's like, a, it's a luck thing, but God, I love my cat. Uh, I, I, this has nothing to do with cats. Well, I guess I, I bridged it a little bit. The cat likes to play with your scrotum. Uh, I've been thinking about um, equality. Maybe not equality for cats and humans or whatever, but like equality for, for the movies, men and women. I get real upset right now because in a PG-13 movie, you can see 180% side boob. Um, and I, I, what I want is like, maybe you could show us some side scrote, right, for equality. Because like if the balls are cupped, like there's no genitals being seen, right? The, if the dick is hard, let's, let's, let's say this is a Martin Scorsese film and uh, Nick Cage comes back in an amazing role where he can really use his um, lengthy nutsack and he's, it's, the sun is coming down and he's in an infinity pool and he's coming out of the pool at sunset and uh, you know he's coming up the stairs and so his dick's above the stairs and his balls are sort of still in the water and when we get to see is this like amazing veiny stained glass side scrote Right? Like for equality? You guys don't want sides growth for equality? Can we get equality now? I would say, I want, I, I just want to see the scrote. I just want, I say, I say, keep it clean. You know what I mean? If side boob is clean, side scrote, some hair, right? I don't get it. That's the other thing I don't understand. Like, what is pubic hair's purpose? I think I figured it out because I, I actually did sort of a shave not too long ago. And I'll never do it again because A, I got this crazy ingrown hair. We had to like fucking lance this. I couldn't even see it. I'm like, Jonathan, what are we gonna do? He's like, I, it's gonna hurt. And it's, I, I can't even see it. I was, I was, it just feels like wet. I'm like, I feel. Okay, so I'm never shaving again for that. And then also, when you go pee, the pee goes everywhere, willy-nilly. I think that, I think that pubic hair's purpose is to funnel the pee into the toilet. Is it, is that not its purpose? Like, I, if you, it's really, when you, when the people, they wax off the bow, and then it's like, where does it, like, everything gets wet. I just, I don't, toilet paper is too expensive to use that much, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a single square kind of girl, trying to lower my carbon footprint, right? Like, if I use the same teepee to wipe my nose, and then my tushy, can I give my butthole herpes? Dermatologist says yes. Okay, herpes simplex one and simplex two are the same herpes. It's just location, location, location. I live in the tenderloin, actually, so that's that's nice. Let's uh, yeah, wow. Let's see where I am. Oh, I forgot to turn myself on. Look, but I'm exactly at ten minutes. Perfect. I know exactly what I was like. That feels like ten minutes. That was it. That's it. I did some cat material. I really do love cats, though. I really, really, really. It's hard to express my true and abundant love for cats. So uh, let's give it up for cats. <laughs> meow. Meow. 
Every time I burp, I say meow now, and I think it makes me so classy. <laughs> You'll hear me burp and meow. It's, like, it's so fun. Uh, we're going to talk about pets. It's going to be really fun. Yay. All the comics are coming in. This is so fun. Oh, Sean, it's great to see you. Look at this. How you got birth- Sean has a show here, Bughouse Square. How exciting. Take a seat. Uh, this is a show about animals or whatever. We have we have an animal. This is a dog-friendly place. I'm going to bring up your first performer tonight. Uh, I had the pleasure of seeing her on the last show, and, and boy, she was super, super funny. You guys are going to love her. Clap your hands wildly for Kathleen DeMarle. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm going to get to my, my pet material in a few minutes, but um, I don't know if it's obvious. I'm a tall lady. I'm 5'11", so I'm two inches taller than the average American male. And I live in downtown Boston, so there's like weird pros and cons that come with that. Um, like some of the cons are people are constantly asking me to help rescue cats out of trees. Um, but some of the pros are that it makes walking home alone at night really nice. Like, if you've had a chance to take a look at me, we can all agree on one thing about me, and that's that I'm clearly a two-man job, right? <laughs> like, I walk home alone at night, some guy pulls up alongside me, gives me the one somebody's like, oh, fuck. That's too much work for a Tuesday. <laughs> um, when I was flying in the other day, I saw somebody on the plane wearing shorts, which I found deeply concerning. I myself hate wearing shorts. Uh, but when I'm forced into shorts, I like to wear Bermuda shorts. Um, mostly because those are the only kind of shorts that don't get lost in my personal Bermuda triangle. That is my crotch swallowing them whole. Okay. If you're a woman in this room, you should be laughing at that joke. <laughs> Unless you have a thigh gap and then you can go fuck off. <laughs> Uh, but when I put on Bermuda shorts, I have this like weird condition that plagues a lot of women my age. Like I go from being a fun, flirty 27-year-old to just looking like a 40-year-old Girl Scout troop leader <laughs> named Big Kath. <laughs> She's a real bitch. Like she doesn't even have a kid in the troop. She just loves the Scouts. <laughs> yeah really loves it um i told this joke in the last show but i'm going to tell it again um my family likes to visit me a lot which is mostly good except my dad he likes to uh he likes to come to boston do this weird thing he likes to borrow my dog and take her into downtown boston for the day and pretend that he's blind and that my dog is his seeing eye dog so that just mostly entails him bumping into shit for a couple hours um which isn't necessarily problematic, except I don't have a dog that can pull us off. Like, I don't have a German Shepherd or a Golden Retriever. I have a miniature Dachshund with one eye. Like, she can't find her food bowl, guys. Um, I've had my dog for 15 years. I got my dog in in eighth grade in middle school. And she's, like, in rough shape now. Like, she has one eye. She's blind in the eyes she has. She has like all these fatty tumors. So she just looks like a bag of walking dirty laundry. They're fatty tumors. So you can laugh at that tumor humor joke. It's fine. They're non-cancerous. But I'm worried that my dog is like sticking around for me. Um, And uh, you know, like if she wants to go... She can go, uh, but I don't want to be the one that like gives her 
the pink juice. I want her to make that decision on her own. So I've started having those conversations with her about crossing the rainbow bridge. You know, like Pepper, if you're in pain and you need to leave this world, I understand. Or like Pepper, we've had a great 15 years together. I don't have depression anymore. If you need to cross the rainbow bridge, I understand. Or like Hey, Pepper, you know, the vet said you were supposed to die four years ago. This has been a great victory lap and a medical marvel, but I'm going to need you to wrap it up. You're not in the five-year plan. (laughs) Okay, if it wasn't obvious based on that last joke, I'm single. Yeah. Realized recently I'm pretty desperately single. I know that because I had a really good high five with a male friend of mine. And I was like... I was like, we should fuck. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, we should not. <laughs> um, but we're in a book club now together. So everything worked out great for him. <laughs> Try rereading Slaughterhouse-Five with sexual tension on one side. It's, it's even more of a cult classic. <laughs> Uh, When I moved to Boston, I was pretty depressed. I didn't know what to do with my life. So I did what any basic white girl does. I started an Instagram account for my dog. And um, because she's a geriatric blind dog, that means that people followed her real fast because they want to seem like they are charitable by doing the least charitable thing possible. (laughs) So following a dog on Instagram is pretty easy. Um, So my dog got like 6,000 followers pretty quickly and I was posting like on a regular basis. And then when I started having a social life, I stopped posting every day and I started getting threatening messages from other Instagram accounts, but not of humans. Like other Instagram accounts of other pets. (laughs) Just like threatening my dog's life, wondering where I was, like trying to GPS track me. And they were all messages in like, as if the dog had picked up the phone and written the message. Just like a kindergarten level. I'm like, if your Labrador retriever can pick up a phone and type a message... I'm pretty sure he can put two or three sentences together. (laughs) Um, Do we know what uh, the term horse girl means? Like, is that? Okay. 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 For those of you that don't know what that term means, I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, A horse girl is a girl between the ages of 12 and 17 who most directly uh, relates to the domesticated horse. She probably says a lot that she has like a wild heart and she can't be tamed. Um, you know, she likes to buy that shampoo mane and tail that you can buy at CVS on the bottom shelf. It's a shampoo that you and your horse can shower together and use the same shampoo. It's a weird thing, but that's true. That's just a true thing. People use it. Horses use it. It's fine. I guess you could figure that out. Okay. And the last thing that really determines what a horse girl is, is she, uh, if she trusts you, she may or may not eat a sugar cube out of the flat palm of your hand. Okay. On a special occasion. Uh, I was a horse girl in high school, if that wasn't obvious. Um, I was on an equestrian team. That's just a fancy word for horse girl team. Um, (laughs) Yeah. 
That's the best way to describe it. Uh, I was a captain of my equestrian team, which means I had to be like firm but fair with my fellow my fellow team members. And uh, I thought the best way to do that was to just rap at them. <laughs> you guys see me, right? Like, um, and uh, you know, it, it was like it was not good. I mean, my rapping was basically like, "My mom won't buy me a pony. I can't ride with my homies now. They <laughs> now they think I'm a phony. Like it was not great." It was not good. Um, but the worst part about this whole story is the name that I picked for myself. The rap name that like 15-year-old Kathleen picks for herself was MC McFluffernutter. <laughs> Half the team had a peanut allergy. It was the most dangerous thing they knew. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Do I have any other pet material? Ooh. Oh, my, uh, my brother, his wife is a vet. And they have five pets and a bunch of fish that they kill a lot. Um, And the thing, I don't know, this is just rambling here, but like you would think somebody that's a vet would have pets that are trained. Her dogs just pee everywhere. (laughs) They don't know the difference between outside and inside. They actually like pee on things to piss her off it's just really sweet it's very sweet okay i think that's all i'm gonna do i think that's all i have guys kathleen tomorrow in her shiny 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 shoes hell yeah my ex-husband was a veterinarian and uh he was opposite. We had so much pressure to have the fucking most perfect dog that ever dogged. It had to be the best dog. I'm a veterinarian. How could, if I have an unbelbet, no one will trust me if my dog is not perfect. And I was like, okay. And I trained the dog. Oh, that was, it was a nice dog. All the dead dogs in my life. It's going to be a sad show. Like I said, there's another dead cat. There was a friend of mine, but she was such a cocksucker. She would pee on your pillow if she was mad at you. Like she would go, and she knew she was mad at. If she was mad at me, she'd pee on my pillow. And if she was mad at ex-husband, she'd pee on his pillow. For reasons, cats are smarter than children. <laughs> there, I guess your kids pee all over. They pee wherever they want. I don't know how that works. How does that work in China? Where do people pee? I heard you pee in holes. Is that true? Yeah. No, the pillow. You can try to wash a pillow. We. I have. I'm a poor person, so I've. I've. I have had pillows that I've slept on after you. You wash the pillow. And then you, it's a girl, it was a girl cat. Boy cat pee smells, girl cat pee is like, not as bad. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I've peed my bed before. It's fine. We don't have, in the morning when you wake up, it's like, it was the cat. And it's like, no, it wasn't the cat. <laughs> uh, alcoholism is so much fun. Your next comedian, where I am off the rails. You guys got to understand, I've been, I, I shouldn't say I slept here last night, but I did. Because there was a podcast at nine in the morning. Wow. So I'm off my rocker right now. Uh, so it's like, I thought I had material about cats. And like, all I can think about is jacking off my poor little cat. He's so frustrated. No, I know. It's, uh, it's, I'm sorry. It's not in a gross way. Like, I don't want to like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to pleasure him for pleasure. I just want him to be, I just don't want him to be sad. 
That sounds like the beginning of a really bad. <laughs> Bestiality is illegal, right? Is that why? Is that a thing? <laughs> it's okay. It's just the radio. Your next comedian is fun. Not afraid. Come after me, feds. I've <laughs> They're going to be like, she jacks off cats. <laughs> They don't enjoy it. Nobody enjoys a handjob, not even a cat. Like, nobody likes handjobs, <laughs> right? Nobody. Your next comedian, I've died. That's not how you fucking transition, Pam. <laughs> that's the worst way to transition, transition from blowjob. No, I mean, handjob, blowjob, what am I? I'm sorry. I've dug a hole. I've dug a hole. I gotta get out of it. Your next comedian has really cute things with pets on them she has cute she has cute merch um and she's super great i've been enjoying her stories all week put your hands together for bernice yay yeah i don't have 10 minutes of pets uh material so uh, let's just start with my uh, my cat i got we got some pet cat people here yeah, <laughs> um, so while I am doing comedy in San Francisco, um, my cat, Mr. Butters, he's uh, being a super host on Airbnb. He got like a five star reviews. Um, all the all the guests has been leaving some glowing reviews for him. I figured this out because, you know, what could be better to have people come pay to watch my cat and leave a good review for me. So this is really the best cat ever, right? He's, he has a job to do. <laughs> um, I met my cat when I was vo volunteering at a shelter, and it was love at first sight, because you know, there's this cat looks very sweet, and I was like, what's up? And he's like, meow. <laughs> so that's how I adopted him. We've been sleeping together every day. It's very sweet. Um, but I'm allergic to him. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm allergic to my cat. I didn't, I didn't have allergy until three years into um, our lives together, but we still, you know, sleep every day because that's just what I do for love. <laughs> um, I'm also a Buddhist, um, so in a way, when I express my love, when I look at my cat, um, this is what I think: I hate kids. <laughs> But I want to have my cat reincarnate as my son. <laughs> but I also want him to live forever. <laughs> it's, I just don't know how this can work. But you know, maybe say he can live for 30 years old, then I will be 66. Um, I will still be willing to have a kid if he can be my son. <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of Mr. Butters, um, I have to tell where his name is coming from. Um, on my 10th birthday, I um, got a present from Grandma, my pet bunny. It was a surprise. Chef's choice. Yes, I said it. And I know this is a pet show, but don't hit me yet. <laughs> On my birthday, back from school to grandma's house. Happy birthday, my dear. I cooked something very special for you. What is it, grandma? Surprise. Eat first. I ate it. It's delicious. What is it, grandma? 
We have to eat Mr. Butters. He's sick. I cried over this for 20 years. I hate surprise birthday parties. But one day I look around and realize that's why we don't have veterinarians in China. When your pets get sick, just eat them. Take them to the nearest restaurant. She has a choice. Sick pets make strong children. That's what my grandma said. Um, I know you don't approve this, but look, here in America, when your pets get old and sick, you will spend tens of thousands of dollars to hire someone to kill them. Well, if anything, I am way more spiritually binded with my pet bunny. And you know who hates this joke the most? Those people who, this is so wrong. I only eat the happy ones. You know, like the free-range chicken, just run around, go about their day, spending quality, spending quality time with their family. You know, I want to end their life and put them in my belly right now. You know, you know San Francisco people. <laughs> and then, you know, but that's not the pet, right? Well, to the butcher's daughter, I guarantee that's her pet. There is this restaurant in LA, any people from LA? Butcher's daughter is a vegan restaurant. Yeah, that's lifetime trauma. <laughs> um, so, uh, just as I said, I didn't have all the material for pads, and I know it's a little dark, so I'm going to do something, uh, just lighten it up. <laughs> um, I just realized, I just discovered that the word arsenal does not mean asshole. <laughs> so, I'm not from this country, English is not my first language. Um, so it's not uncommon that I mix words up. Like vaginal versus virginal. <laughs> you know, I went to see the doctor for virginal infection. She was very confused. And I was, you know, 35. <laughs> but arsenal, arsenal, I was confident. And this is how I discovered it, right? Like I was at a car I was at this party with my boyfriend. Oh my God, how can you say this word in front of children? Say what? Arsenal, it means asshole, right? No, it means a place where you store weapons. Asshole. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you don't, still don't believe me, um, just Google lyrics that contain arsenal. I have a few examples. Um, pistola, by Incubus. My arsenal of pleasure failed to be appreciated. All right, no? <laughs> oh, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I was going to say the reason why, I totally messed this up, so. <laughs> um, if you replace the word arsenal with asshole, everything works. That's just how it is. <laughs> so let me try again. Um, Diversionation Studies by Whitechapel. My secret arsenal is an infinite 
ageless inkwell. <laughs> um, it's good learning experience. Um, so during the holiday, I wanted to make mulled wine. And so I called my boyfriend when he was in the, uh, in the grocery store. Uh, can you get me five cinnamon sticks, a bottle of Merlot, and um, five star anise? Like, anise what? Like five star Yelp review anise? No, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's that thing you eat. So he came home with very um, different expectations. <laughs> uh, thank you. Like, I'm <laughs> it's pretty sick. Yay! And like you don't have, not everybody has to do pet material. To, I mean, we'll start with pet material, but it's like we're gonna pet it out. She's got she ate a rabbit. That's fucked up. That's no. I mean, I used to work on a rabbit farm, and not the kinds you eat, like the kinds that show rabbits. That's the thing. Yeah, right. Like people, they're called you. Know, they're they're called Dutch rabbits, and they've got these little straight. They're they're double color rabbits. It was a fun job. I got to take care of the rabbits. The only thing that sucked about it was um, sometimes the babies would die and that was part of my job was like picking up tiny, tiny deceased rabbits that were so, they're so cute when they're alive. Oh, it was so hard. I was, ah, oof. Dead stuff. Poor, Poor pets. That's all I could think about now with pets is death because I love them so much and I just can't get over their, their demise. Death is too hard. It's not funny. I've, I feel like I'm going to die. That's the problem right now. I'm like, I'm so tired. Your next comedian is a super funny guy. You guys know him. Seems like everyone's from Washington. You guys all know each other. It's like everybody just came down here for a while <laughs> to visit and meet new people. Um, he's super funny. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Jaron George. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, I smoked some CBD weed. Huh? Yeah, woo! I don't feel nothing, huh? I'm so numb, I'm so fucking numb. Mm. So numb, I don't feel anything. I don't feel nothing. I don't feel anything. <laughs> I went to the dispensary, I, I think they got confused. You guys do over 30%, um, 30%. I'm at 33% of the weed right now. I'm standing at an Airbnb in Oakland. And um, yeah, it's all right. You know why. So you know why. Uh, didn't I get checked in at the right time? Uh, he was late. You want to know why? He was meditating. He has a uh, he has like this meditation group with uh, people who have like uh, um, like pets and everything, and um, they were meditating in the basement. And there was no signal down there, so I'm just waiting in the cold. And um, I was like, I gotta get to this show, right? And I, I told him where I had to go. He shows up here. He was like, yeah, I'm gonna come down. And he shows up here after my set and he drove me back, huh? He's redeeming himself, huh? And I got a burrito, so that was great. Yeah, it was good. Um, he's up to three and a half stars. I, had, um, I got some breakfast that was not with the room, so that was great. Um, so they went up to four stars. He got me an extra space heater, okay? 
He's getting there. Okay, oh, oh, I know why. He's, oh, yeah, the cat. The cat bit me. That's where I want to get at. Yeah, the cat bit me. Went down to three and a half. I didn't break the skin, though, but I was a little bit, like, shaken up, you know? Because I like cats. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, You know what? I, I want to just, like, smoke weed in my room. Right, and then he just like he smells it, right? He's like knocking on the door, and I'm like, "Oh, Tim, what is it?" And he's like, "Mr. George, um, there was not supposed to be any drugs or alcohol in the room. You're violating the policy right now." And I was like, "Oh, Tim, I'm sorry, but uh, you should have checked in with me." You get it? He was late checking in. Okay. <laughs> it was the ultimate comeback. That's what I'm not gonna do. That. Come on, I'm a nice guy. Come on. Yeah. Um, I, I also want to say uh, I was going. I was walking down around the block because uh, um, I was in the front. And I was the. I was the one who was a little bit loud talking because I'm really excited to be here in San Francisco, huh? The Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Give it up for Pam. Give it up for Mutiny Radio staff. Black Meg got a little bit loud in the front, so you had to take a walk. <laughs> so you had to take a walk. Oh, don't get quiet at that. Yeah, it's fine. Jen made a good decision. Clap it up. Jen thought about the good for the show. And uh, yeah, Ben, you were there. Like, um, no, 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 no. That's good. That's, not, that's no joke. He was there. He's, he was there for support, you know. Shout out to Ben Ward. Huh? <laughs> All right, it's my time. Okay. It's cool. Um, anyways, um, we were walking down this dog walk. Uh, like, um, yeah, she was walking her dog, right? And she had a cute dog, really cute, right? The, dude, like the little hoodie with the pla- like a plaid hoodie, and it was like when you walk a cute. Can anyone show me like uh, how you walk a cute dog? Can anyone volunteer? Uh, come on, show me. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Show, give me, give me a walk. Like you know, my dog is cute. I want to show it to the world, you know. And like, hell yeah. See. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, see, excuse her. She got places to be, exactly. And we moved out of the way for her and everything. The dog was off the leash, too. But this is how she was walking. This, she was not walking like that. Like, you know, like, yes, this is, this is my companion. So this is how she was walking, ready? She had the plastic bag in hand, ready to go. So she had it clawed in her hand, and she was walking like this. You ready? Oh, and she had the hoodie. Oh, I don't have a hoodie, but she was, like, walking like this. Ready? Oh, the best part was like when I was um I saw the dog, I was like, oh like that, right? And when you do that, I'm looking at the owner like she she want I, I want to give her a compliment saying like, you know, it's a cute dog. So I was like, that's a cute dog. She was just not making eye contact. She was just like, kill me. I gotta pamper her every day. I don't I don't think it was like maybe the husband's dog. I don't know. I don't know. Her partner, I don't know. Yeah, so that I don't know. Like I if I wanted a dog, like um I want like a regular mutt. Because, like, I don't want anyone to stop and, like, like oh, like, I just want to, like, I, it would still be cute in my heart because, like, you know, as a companion for, like, a dog to know me, I want a mutt, like, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like, one that has, like, a bandana, like, uh, it just always has a bandana, you know what I mean? That's how you found the dog, it just has the bandana, you know what I mean? Like, the one, like, with just the mud, the mud on its face, and, like, no matter how hard you try to, like, make sure the dog is clean, it still has that, just a mutt, you know what I mean? Because, like, I just want, like, people just go, like, oh, yeah. I know that dog, yeah, okay. And they just keep it going, you know? But in my heart, I'm just like, yeah, this is my, this is my pet, you know? This is awesome. Um, I, the reason, 
I I, I want to be a dog person, but like um, I'm more of a cat person. Anyone? Cat? Yeah. Oh, I, I okay, good, good. I don't want to have a little like oh in Portland. Good. Oh man, I'm gonna get through my set when it's just like no dogs and those cats. You know that Emily. They're just like a whole. They knew each other. I don't know how. Um. I went to this uh, Oregon Humane Society and I was trying to get, you know, a cute kitty. And um, there was this other, I had to wait my turn because she was helping this other dude. And like, he was like, he was like, he really wanted a companion, you know? So I'm just like, all right, I'll just, I'll just wait for my turn. And like, he, he was just like, I want uh, this one, Sally, Sally. I want to see Sally, right? So she was like, um, this staff member, she was like, okay, I will show you um, Sally. Sally's gonna, you're gonna get to know Sally. And they take you into this little room and he goes in there and you have to get used to the cat. So she's there and she's just like, all right, let's see how you could get along with Sally. And then she leaves the room, it's just a little small room and there's a big window just like like over here. And, and she's just there with her clipboard and she's just judging, the, judging, I was there too, just like, how he's gonna get along with this kitty? like. Like what he's gonna do? Like, because she's like all the way in the corner, and he just like, he just like, come on, come on, come on, and I'm just like there. Oh man, you gotta bring out the keys. At least bring out the keys. So he started bringing out the keys, and just like nothing. Sally was just not budging, and he just like, damn it. And he's like kicking things, and then, and then she's like, okay, oh wait, whoa, 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 okay, whoa, whoa. Maybe maybe today's not the day. Like, I never saw anyone get rejected getting like, um, a cat before, but like, this was like, yeah, this is not the time. And he was just like, not having it. He was just like, but I, it's, it's the winter time. <laughs> yeah, he was like, it's the winter time. And like, I just wanted, I just got a new place. And then like, he was trying to walk away. And like, um, he wanted to get the last word. So, you know what he said? He was just like, you know what? Bitches love me. And then he walks out. But he doesn't walk out of the Oregon Humane Society. He goes to the um, the puppy section. Uh, I remember, I told you he's, he's the companion. He's right. Maybe bitches do love him. I don't know. Like that's what he said. I was like, okay, all right. Um, I wanted to. Um, my roommate has a cool cat, but like uh, every time, like I go in, um, like when I enter the door, like it, my cat, um, his cat would think it was. Um, you know his owner, and um, I I, I entered the door, and they're just like, "Oh, it's you!" And then he just like goes upstairs, like, "Let me know when Steve's home." And then it just, yeah, he stops. No, like he does that. Like I can see it in his eyes, just like, just, just let me know. Wait a minute. Okay, stuff. Um, uh, yeah, this show. I mean, I'm gonna. Um, yeah, I mean, this show. Like, yeah, we want to talk. Yeah, pets and everything. I like. Um, and like, I want, like, I always want like kids, but like, uh, pets are easier. Cause, um, the thing with kids is like, uh, um, I don't want twins, you know, like anyone have that problem? Like twins? No. Okay. Good. Good. Oh, there you go. All right. I, I, yeah. Like I remember, I, I imagine like just being like, uh, like if you were, like if they were kids, just get in the way with shit. Like from five to like they're 18, like just pranks all day. I don't want to deal with that, you know? Because like the thing is, is like um, I would have to put like a sharpie on one of their necks, you know, just to tell them apart, you know. I would tell them they were born three days apart, you know, just to diminish their twin powers, just in case they don't think. I don't know. I just don't want to get Zach or Cody, you know, <laughs> or sister, sister, you know. Like I don't. 
I don't want all of that. I my heart can't take that. I don't think it would do that. Like I'll, I'll give you a scenario. Like um, I would send them to like two different summer camps, right? Like I would send them one to like I don't know, like a science camp, one to a basketball camp, and we're in the car and we're just like, um, you know, I drop one off. I'm like, hey, Chris, it's time to go. Going off to science camp. He was like, all right, dad. All right, thank you. And then I look and I was like, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. You're not Chris. Wait, wait a second. No, you're not Chris. No, sit. You're Kevin. Let me see the back of your neck. No, yeah, you're Kevin. Sit down. Chris, you go to science camp. I'm like, no, 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 I, I am Chris. I was like, no, don't you do this, you guys. I'm looking back and I'm like, ah, don't do this. I'm a good father. I'm a good black father, you know? I'm not going anywhere. I don't even smoke cigarettes, you know? <laughs> Anyways, oh, I'm, I'm Jaron George. Have a good night. Take care, bye. Now you can songify your life with our new app, Songify. Now you can songify your life. Jaron George, yay! Yay! We have one comic left. He's also from, hails from the northern hinterlands, these nether regions. Uh, it's cold and it's it's yeah he's a bright shining light of weirdness uh i've really enjoyed seeing him again as he's been in town and wow like he brings the energy i'm just like this is this is me like i bought the pedal to the metal there's just no gas left in the tank you know what i mean it's like that <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna rock it yeah hey there radio listening audience and people in the room and be excited right now for your next comedian. It's Sean Riccio! Yeah! Oh, yeah. Good evening, humans and gentle folk of Radioland way out there across America and all the ships at sea. How you doing? This is Sean Riccio coming to you from a square room in the Mission District that used to be a burrito shop, then a chop shop, then a chop shop where they chopped up bikes and put them in burritos. How you doing? All right, that's fine. I don't need you guys. I could do this set in a bathroom in the dark by myself and be fucking dead. All right, how is it? No. Uh, we were, this is a show about pets. Uh, I, I had one joke about, uh, about my girlfriend's pet uh, a few years ago when I first started doing comedy uh, that Pam reminded me of, actually. I was trying racking my brain like, what was that joke about? And then Pam started this show by just talking about like finger blasting her dog or whatever. <laughs> and I remember that like, oh yeah, my joke was about how like uncomfortable it is when like your pets violate that affection boundary between like, hey, we're buddies, but we're about to fuck, I guess guess like because you like it's weird like your your dog like some dogs like they love humans but they love humans like too much and like you're like the, you know those dogs that give you a look like hey if you wanted to get the peanut butter i would be cool are you trying to like my girlfriend had this dog it was this little chinese crested like you know little rat killer motherfucker and we would be trying to you know like get intimate like oh yeah i want to put on the the second season of Battlestar Galactica, the one where like the president of the galaxy is getting like real aggressive in that pants suit, and like you know we're getting romantic, we're getting ready, we're and sh and you know um, we're touching and we're kissing, you know the things that people do when they're trying to have sex. So shut up! I've had sex. Don't talk to me. I've done, I don't have to.
have to stand here and listen to these wild allegations. And then the dog comes up and just like puts its little snout on your shoulder and it's like, hey, hey, what's up, male human? Are you about to fuck this female human? Ah, she looks like she's palpitating with blood in her nether regions. I can smell it. Hey, do you need you need some other, you know, some little extra paws in there to help you out? Like I could I could lick things while you like rub my belly and I'd be like, ah, Jesus Christ, get off me, dog. Who fucking taught you about parts and licking and, and talking? Who the fuck taught you to talk? I didn't pay for that. I'm the one who's supposed to be going to college in this goddamn relationship. What are you? Okay, fine. Now, again, again, the radio, this is for the home audience, okay? The, the radio people in Peoria are fucking eating this shit up. Now, <laughs> I don't have pets because uh, I'm a millennial and I do comedy and sell weed legally for the feds. Don't, don't at me. I like the, the tax paperwork all says like, I mean, I do sell weed illegally, but I also sell it legally too. It's like wholesaling, but <laughs> no, but like I, I'm, I'm a millennial and like, I could barely take care of a fucking houseplant. Like I'm not gonna, I, it would be cruel for me to have a child, but at least a child would eventually like get old enough to kill me and steal my car or something. Get out of that bad situation. A dog would just be stuck with me for fucking life. That would be awful. Like, I can't... Like, imagine me going to... Imagine your average 30-year-old down-on-his-luck comic going to a rescue shelter and getting a dog that was, like, beaten within an inch of its life and had to fight, like, bears or Mike Tyson or whatever fucking shit people do to dogs. And then it's like, oh, man... This is this human is like he's got a shirt on. I'm sure he'll take care of me. I and he you're in, he's going home with you and he's like, oh man, I did it. I fucking landed on my feet. And then he shows up at your fucking apartment with your one plate and one dish and an incredibly well kept recreation of Narsil, the flame of the West from fucking Lord of the Rings, that costs three hundred and fifty dollars, even though rent is due on the. You know how much it... Okay, again, I, uh, everybody... Oh, yeah, every comic in this room is apparently gainfully employed and has steady housing. All right, guys, sure. Sure, I get it. You want a front to look impressive in front of the cute dog in the front row. Okay, I didn't. I don't want to blow up your spot. Now, like, I've, I, I'm in the good pet situation because my roommates have pets, but I don't. So it's like, I, I, I basically have a pet, but I don't have to do anything to take care of it. And bonus, his cat fucking hates me and everyone else in the house. So we don't have to, do, like, like ne'er the twain shall meet. We're just sitting in a room and it's like, hey, look, there's a cat. And the cat looks over at us and hisses. And then we're like, ah, that's our cat. And then it's great. My girlfriend has a dog. She just got a puppy. She got like this little Havanese. Well, Sean, what's a Havanese? I don't know. It fucking looks like an Ewok. And like, if you stare at it too long, you will die from diabetes. So like, you will just, like the, the sweetness will just overload your system and you will just start pouring pure maple syrup out of your fucking eyeballs. This dog is so fucking cute. It also has the will to destroy everything on the goddamn planet like it like this dog like it, this dog wants to kill you me everyone that you've ever fucking known and loved all paper products that it can possibly find like and it's 
it's weird the relationship with that dog and me because it's 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 my partner's dog and i don't know if uh, you guys in the radio can see the buttons on my leather jacket but uh a lot of them are from like weird queer leather sex stuff because i'm a bit of a freak and so like the the dynamic between me my girlfriend and our and her dog is like so like i have a i have like a dog bowl i have a dog bowl for like romantic you know like when you know like oh honey let's stay in tonight i'm gonna make i'm gonna make food and so like, so like, I left it at her apartment one time because I'm a fucking klutz. And then I'm like, hey, I love my dog bowl at your house. Can I come by and get it sometime? And she's like, clearly you don't care about it. No, but I really need it. I gave it to the dog. I gave it to Lozen. Please don't give my dog bowl to the actual dog. Like, there's a there's a fucking hierarchy that needs to be enforced here. Okay, I don't, I can't. That dog needs to respect me, goddamn it. As it's you know, like, uh, I I don't know, coworker, sibling, like. I, <laughs> something I can't this like the dog's already like bullying me I showed it to the house yesterday and the dog was like give me a dollar and I'm like oh fuck you learned to talk too all right guys that's my set I'm gonna get back to your host give it up for her give it up for Pam Benjamin everybody uh, she's making it to the stage Pam Benjamin John. getting jiggy with the dog meow uh, this was this was fun. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, I I should close on a on a cat joke. Uh, how many feminists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Cats, 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 cats. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! That's just a silly feminist joke. I do love cats though, and I am a crazy cat lady. I wanted to bring my cat tonight. But Jonathan said that would be cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> Put him in the cat back like he's a little... Anyways. Okay, let's all go home and go to sleep. <laughs> Thanks for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. We have shows all day tomorrow starting at 10 a.m. Uh, we've got uh, podcasts all day. With uh, we, Tomorrow at 10 a.m. we've got Todd Kirkwood and... <laughs> Bernice Yeh on everyday conversations about race for everyday people. Anybody, anyone else in the, who's a person of color, if you want to meet us at 10 in the morning, you're welcome to it. It's a really cool show with Sim Lieberman. She's the inclusionist. And people talk about race in a really like frank and open way. It's very interesting. Uh, and then on Tuesday, I'm really actually excited for the, Renee McKenna. Is a, she's a licensed therapist and she does free therapy. And she's going to do therapy for two comedians for free on Tuesday morning on the radio. So Kaula, Kaula Finman, and it's I know I should I should try to see if she could do a third. She helped me like she's amazing. Like woof, that it was she's just crazy. Renee McKenna every day. It's a uh, spiritual psychology is the name of her show. So. Uh, Muni Radio has all kinds of weird shit going on. Like, it's, yeah, come on. And on Wednesday, some call me Tim. Uh, Yolanda McGee is going to be my special guest. That's the podcast where we talk about, like, God and shit, like, what people believe in. And it's, it's like, the, people are usually comedians, but they're not, you don't have to be funny. We get, like, philosophical and shit. I'm feeling philosophical. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan, for running the board. Thanks to all the volunteers who's run the door and the stuff. And we'll see you guys tomorrow um, at Mutiny Radio. Bye. Yay. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. 
From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryan. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. a burger? Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Yeah. 
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't know anything about it, sorry. (laughs) All on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, Oh, you can can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes, oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your review. Yes. Bye. Bye. That, was, that kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies 